2: Hi, uh, welcome to the 1865 Match Report. We're recording this the morning after Forrest managed a one-all draw against Brentford at the City Ground. After Saturday's VAR controversy, and with this being the only Premier League game of the day, I'm sure the refs were hoping for a quiet time, but it wasn't to be, as there were quite a few incidents that we're going to talk about later. But we'll start with the lineups. There were a couple of surprises. Um, we had Turner in goal, then a back four... Of Serge Aurier, Willy Bolly, Murillo making his debut and Nierkate at left back. Then on paper it looked like a 4-3-3 but during the game I'd say it was more of a 4-1-4-1. So we had Mangala sitting in front of the back four. And then Alanga, Dominguez, Songare, and Hudson-Odoi almost as like a flat midfield four in front of him. And then obviously Taiwo Awanyi up front. Apparently, Morgan Gibbs-White was on the bench being rested because he's obviously played a lot of games, whereas Yates, Aina and Tavares didn't make the bench because they're all injured. So, Nierkate takes the left-back role, which I was slightly worried about, but as we'll hear later, Tom uh, pointed out that he has done that role for Senegal. Uh, as the game started, um, Alanga runs right at their uh, at their left-back and he gets a booking after, what, two minutes? Um, and I'm thinking, that's good. That's going to that's gonna give us uh, some opportunities there. A few minutes after that, uh and a one-year header gets the ball into the net, but the flag goes up immediately. It goes for a VAR check and is ruled out for offside. The rest of the first half was pretty tidy, but generally quiet. There were a few bookings, including one for Nia Karte for a crew challenge. But on the whole, there was, I think there was... um the the, the the stat came up uh, zero shots on target uh, until right at the end of the first half, Murillo took a kick to the knee and he's hobbling and rubbing his knee and so and he's a, just a little bit slower than the normal and Brentford sort of capitalised on this. Yanel um, gets a shot in that that was deflected. It falls to Wisser, but he can't quite capitalise on it. Um, I think it was Bolly that cleared it. There was oh. That it deflected off, um, and there were some calls from the Brentford side for handball, but that got waved away. Uh, and I think that was the only shot, sort of, uh, real chance of the of the first half. Um, a lot of people complaining. I noticed in the, the like commentaries and stuff like that, saying it was quite dull. But uh, we'll come to that later. Um, in the second half, however, Brentford. Um, And I've got a few words about Thomas Frank later on. But uh, Brentford fly out of the box. And one of the things that became immediately apparent was they were targeting Turner in goal. So whenever whenever the ball came to him, one of their forwards immediately got on him. There's another handball shout, um, this time against Dominguez. But again, it gets waved on. And then Turner dawdles on the ball. Wisser charges at him, nicks it off him. But Wisser's shot is weak and Bolly clears it pretty much off the line. And again, we'll come back to that one. Uh, Niakate then gets a second yellow card. He crashes into Wisser. And um, I mean, from where I was sat, it looked like it, it was a, a bad challenge. Having seen the replay, he raced the back of his calf. Uh, so that's a second yellow for him. Brentford have the free kick from it. Norgard is completely unmarked. And that gives him an easy header that he puts past Turner. Steve Cooper made some immediate changes. Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White and Toffolo come on with hudson Adoy and Alanga both going off. Um, a few minutes after that, Morgan Gibbs-White plays the ball wide to Toff, who crosses and Dominguez loops a fantastic header over Flecken, putting us uh, equal. Even though we were down to 10 men, Forrest then go very, very direct and look for the winner. But obviously, with, with 10 men, it becomes much more open. The game becomes very fast-paced and probably much better for anyone who is watching on the TV. Uh, Songare is replaced by Kayate, And then straight after that, Dominguez pulls up with an injury. He's replaced by Divacarigi, and a and e comes off for Chris Wood. Game carries on at a breakneck pace. Um, there's one point where Brentford, I think it was Mbume, gets the ball. He's running free on goal, and Morgan Gibbs White puts in a perfect challenge. One of those that if he gets it wrong, it's a penalty. But he puts in this perfect challenge, clears the ball off um, Mbume's foot, and then celebrates with the fans like like he's just scored the winner. Uh, There's 13 minutes of added time in the game, Uh, obviously a few VAR checks which we'll come back to um, and a few um, incidents to to add that extra time onto the game. For the first time, I saw Steve Cooper come out onto the touchline and call for the fans to make a load of noise. There's a point where Origi somehow manages to skip past four players and puts in quite a decent cross, but it's just too high for uh, Chris Wood at the far post. And then the game ends uh, with more Brentford attacks, uh, this time requiring Marillo to clear off the line. So after that 13, 14, 15 minutes of um, additional time, it finishes 1 all. So uh, I'm joined by Tom Newton, who is also at the game. Uh, Tom, how was it for you? I think
1: I was looking, uh, before the game, I was looking for us to actually, because of home advantage, um, etc. and Brentford's been on a bit of a poor run for their standards. Um, I was expecting us to actually get something in terms of three points in the game. But then as the game went on, I think um, 1-1 was a fair result um, regarding what everything think um, happened, which we'll get to uh, shortly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think 1-1 was a fair result, um, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm just thankful that we didn't lose the game, to be honest.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we start off with the lineup. Were you surprised Morgan Gibbs-White getting rested?
1: I think it's been on the cards, and I I don't... It's not from not trying or or anything like that. He's played a hell of a lot of football. He played the majority of games last season, and we all know how mentally draining and physically draining would be, obviously, on the players last season. Then he's gone, obviously, into the under-21s tournament, which um, England won. So, yeah, he's played... And then he's obviously missed a huge chunk of pre-season, and... Steve Cooper alluded to it in the post-match interview yesterday that he's still catching up in terms of not having much of a pre-season. So it just shows you how far we've come because last year, leaving Morgan Gibbs White out would, would be all unthinkable. So it just shows you the strength and depth of what flexibility we've got in the squad so um, I think it, um, for Morgan I think it's going to do him the world of good just um, having a, like a rest kind of thing because like I say he's played a lot of football and, um, and Murillo I, I wasn't expecting him to um, to play or anything like that I thought he was going to be like, drip fed into it because he's still relatively young, moving to a new country, new culture um, etc and I thought he there was a couple of times where uh, probably nerves or whatever but um, once he Gets more comfortable of how we're playing and everything, and, and he he looks a hell of a player. Um, yeah, I, mean, so, I mean, I
2: think his first touch, he put the he he received the ball and then just put it straight for a throw in, and that happened a few times in the first few minutes, and I think that was just nerves. But, after, yeah, but heart, yeah, after ten minutes or so, I think he grew into the game, and I mean, he's a big lad as well. He's not tall, but he's he's really chunky. So I think we've got a decent player there.
1: Yeah, and he's always like looking for the pass. I mean, sometimes um, I don't mind players if they're trying to pass it and he goes out for a throw. I don't mind that because he's trying rather than just like pa- uh, like panicking and just like passing it to the opponent all the time. But mm. yeah, as he grew into the game, I thought he was um, he looks at a hell of a player. And, and unfortunately, it's going to get to the um, because of where the club want to go. Um, and for everything what he's done good for us in the last few years, but uh, players like Scott McKenna will probably find it harder to get in now because obviously the strength and depth and everything. Can, and if you want to stay in the Premier League and have aspirations to uh, finish higher and, and hopefully in a few years' time have aspirations of playing in Europe, um, I think like players like um, Scott McKenna, I think they, they will come to that like... Um, uh, it will just naturally come to an end. It's just like it's just what's happens at football clubs and even the top clubs um, do it in terms of Man City. Like you got to constantly refresh and, and like I, I don't want to talk about Leicester too much, but the thing with Le- Leicester is they just kept the same squad, they stagnated, and look where they are. So you just mm-hmm. got to keep it fresh. And I just think it's just a natural cycle, isn't it, of yeah. players being moved on and getting better players in.
2: Actually, and so that that leads quite nicely into something I wanted to talk about, which um, although. On paper, the first half was pretty dull. Uh, I think the the way we played, again, like, like Burnley, but even more so this time, I think it showed a lot of promise with Mangala sort of sitting in this anchor role and then Songari and Dominguez in front of him. What those two gave us was they could receive the ball under pressure and still keep possession, Which there, and I think you made the point um, that that we had more passes in this game than in in something like the first half of last season.
1: Um, Yeah, so uh, it was at half time, saw on the graphic that first made 274 passes, and uh, we only averaged 300 passes in the home games last year. So we're going in the right direction of having more control on games. And um, and obviously that comes with the quality of what we've got in that um, midfield and no disrespect to them last season in terms of, um, yeah, my players in there what probably just didn't have that quality but you, with what we've brought in Dominguez and Sangaro, we've got more control in the games now. Yeah. And uh, I, think I think once everything blossoms nicely, it's going to be a very exciting. But I still, I still think we're in those early stages of knitting everything together and there's like still players there who have not, only been here for like a month or whatever so they've got to like get used to the way of playing and and playing in the Premier League and the intensity of it and everything so um, yeah in what we're going in the right direction and I don't want to like contradict myself but I just think when you look at that side in terms of the attacking threat with one-e Hudson, Adore and Alanga I just thought yesterday Awani didn't have many opportunities to um, in influence yeah. of goal kind of thing so I think that needs still a lot of work to do. because obviously with all everything, what's good behind them, you need obviously the killer instinct in the year, the final third, and I thought it was lacking yesterday because um, the goalkeeper for Brentford he's had a couple of um, critics, hasn't he, in terms of performances against Newcastle and Everton? And I think we didn't really, well, we didn't test him yesterday, did we? So I think that was disappointing, especially at home.
2: So I just want as uh, I was just saying. One of the things I noticed was that um, Mangala as well was playing with a lot more confidence than I've seen him recently. And I think that's because with Sangare and Dominguez ahead of him, he always knew that when he wins the ball, it's just a simple pass forwards that, that he can make and he's got someone who's, who's capable of receiving it. However, and we were just talking about this before, um, I think Sangare and Dominguez both being new to English football they're not they're not ready for the intensity of it and the expectation that you throw for you throw yourself forwards and without gibbs white there in front of him that there, there 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 was a, a lot of not safe balls but but like passing it to keep possession rather than to threaten the opposition
1: yeah um yeah i know what you mean that um Sangari and Dominguez I thought they were excellent yesterday and especially Dominguez he was everywhere and took his goal really well and we'll get onto that in a bit but yeah I just think right. he just tries not he tries to make that killer ball happen doesn't he and I yeah. think the other two as good as they are just don't think they, they possess that yet so yeah um, I just think what and so think together I think we're going to be um, a very good side to watch but it's just going to take um, time
2: yeah definitely um just on on hudson adoy and alanga um so apart from that that first bit where he forced the booking off the um the left back i thought alanga was quiet and i come back to i'm wondering if like this possession style doesn't actually suit him that well um with hudson adoy i noticed whenever he got the ball and he was on the ball quite a bit in the first half he was he was being forced inside and sort of then running into the centre of the pitch where there wasn't really much he could do. Um, mm. But what I did notice, because obviously I had my little doubts about Nierkate at left-back, but what I did notice was Nierkate was making himself available on the overlap every time, which I was quite pleased with.
1: Yeah, and with Nierkate, a lot of people around me um, says, oh, why well, is he playing left-back? We mentioned that he does play left-back for Senegal, so he is, and he's obviously left-footed, so he's quite accustomed to playing. And... Um, there but um but yeah uh one thing i've noticed and i just noticed like a bit of a correlation in the games this season especially at home is that we start really really well um on like on the front foot and, and all that and i just think that after half an hour if we haven't scored a goal or whatever we'll we go into a shows a bit we we stop doing the right things and we'll let instead of like for, um punishing them the opponent for um, of our quick start, we tend to go into a shows and it's kind of like we we'll let them get to half time, then they regroup. Then, um, and it happened no end of times last season is that from like the 46 minute to like the 50 second, we're always we seem to be always on the back foot. Mm. And, um, I mean, there's a few times it um, in the game last year where we're winning one nil at half time, then in the between the forty-sixth minute and the fifty-second against Fulham, was that was two one yeah. down? Yeah, and it's like and we're like rabbits in headlights. And the same thing, similar happened yesterday where they regrouped they come out, and we're on the front foot and everything. We never got started. Then by the like the fifty-fifth minute or whatever it was, yeah. we're, we're in the crap because Nkarti stupidly gets sent off, which his yellow card in the first one. I've seen it back he's not really going anywhere, I just show him the line, he's dived in, it's a booking, and then he's had a couple of like, warnings from um, the referee, Paul Tierney, and a lot of us around us, were like, say, um, like, oh, that's that's not a foul, that's not, and it's like, when you're on a booking, don't give the referee, yeah. an excuse to give you a quick booking, you know, like, the same thing happened in the game on um, Saturday night, where Yotta's, wrongly, he got a booking in for that, he didn't really yeah. trip um, the Spurs player. Then, a couple of minutes after, he dives in, and it's just like fresh in the referee's memory. And, and with Nick Carte, yeah, he's raped his boot down the back of Wiss's calf. And to be honest, I, I've seen it happen before where if he wasn't on a booking, he could have quite easily gone for that. The VAR would have probably said to Portin, go and have a look at that. it'd probably be your discretion, but. We think that's a bit of a naughty challenge, mm. and uh, thankfully, he only got a second yellow card and he's only suspended for one game. But that could have easily been a straight red because it was, it, I don't think it was malicious and I don't think there was any malice in it, it was just clumsy and it's like it's missed time. But yeah, looking but back was, on it, it it's dangerous, not,
2: ultimately, yeah,
1: it, yeah, exactly. And it, it could have really hurt. um
2: Whistle. I don't think I don't think Steve um, Cooper's right to complain about it, and I think once he's no. down, he'll he'll realise that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, but I mean, I don't think you're bad yesterday. I mean, uh, he's not one of my favourite referees, but uh, yeah, I think with the uh, the bookings for Nier-Karte, um yeah, I've got no complaints really. And anybody who um questions what I'm saying here, go and have a look on the replay because it isn't a very nice challenge.
2: So, uh, yeah, so we're on to the referees then. So there were a few incidents. Um, so obviously, a one-year gets the ball in the net in the, the first 10 minutes or whatever. It uh, goes to VAR, very, very long VAR check, which isn't not that surprising considering uh, Saturday's events. Um, and it's ruled out for offside. But as I said, the flag went up straight away. So I think we all knew it was going to get cancelled out. You agree with that?
1: Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, yeah. When you're in the stadium, because I don't think that one even went on the big screen, did it? I no. think they just said check in, um, offside for a 1A, et cetera. And then it just, um, yeah, he put his flag up and I thought he's going to get this pretty right. I think they were just start checking everything, weren't they? Which yeah. is the right thing to do. And um, even though the um, the line what was put on the graph, it was on a bit of the wonk. Kind of thing. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, you can't um, Yeah, you can't disagree. No. Uh, Can you say?
2: From a Brentford point of view, there there was um, a possible handball by Willie Bolly at the end of the first half, and then another possible handball by Dominguez. Did you see either of them? I, um, during the game, I did. And obviously, I watched it back on Sky, and I think both of them
1: would have been incredibly um, harsh. I think that it's just one where the, where the ball's just like kicked up, hasn't it? And they haven't really got anywhere to uh, put the arm or take the arm out of the way. So, um, yeah, I think for them once, um, yeah, I think it was the right decision. And if it was a p- penalty, it would have been incredibly um, harsh. Yeah. And then, and then um, the, wall,
2: the big talking point from the Brentford point of view is obviously. When Wissa nicks the ball off Turner and then you could argue that Turner takes Wisser out. Because at the time when I was looking at it, I was just relieved that Wissa's shot was so weak and Bolly could get back to clear it. But yeah. having watched it back, yeah. I'm thinking, actually, I'm quite surprised that didn't go for, for a check. Oh.
1: I think it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Because we also got a um a penalty against us last year when yeah. we went over the like the the um leg hair of uh, Dean Henderson and yeah. that was incredibly harsh. So it's probably like equaled itself out. But if it was given, I would have been like <laughs> incandescent during the game. But looking back on it, I, I can see why it would have been given, but thankfully we didn't really make much of a meal of it, and yeah, and obviously we've uh, not conceded or um, the goal with uh, Bolly playing um, off the line, or having given away a penalty. But um, yeah, um, Turner was annoying me um, yesterday, and I, I I think he's done. He's been pretty solid since he joined us from Arsenal, but yesterday he was like. We're, we're in Upper Bridgeford and when the ball was coming to him and he's like, he's put it on his right foot, and you can see like, it's like a bit of a, like a blind spot for him. It's like, he hasn't seen like the Brentford players running across him. Like, you're going to, you're you like thinking to yourself, you're going to hit, you're going to like kick this ball. And he like let, delayed, delayed and delayed. And then he got away with it a couple of times. And the one, what we just mentioned about Wissett, he didn't. And I think for like a, a 10 minute spell, um, he, he was all over the place. And um, yeah. and I think Grant
2: deliberately targeting him because they they spotted that in the first half and then they just yeah. sent their forwards and said, just close him down as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and then when they, um, when they scored with uh, Christian Norgard, I think he should be saving that. Um, I mean, it is one of those when the ball comes in and you don't know if he's going to head it to the left of you or to the right of you, but he's got two hands onto that. And I know it's a greasy service because of the rain yesterday. But I think for an international goalkeeper and a, and a goalkeeper who's done pretty well for it, I, I think he should be saving that to be, um, to be honest, getting two hands on it and etc. And I think it was one of those performances from him yesterday. I mean, we, we don't want to like criticize players for the sake of it, but. Because we've got Vlacadinos in from Benfica mm. and he's played Champions League football and he's num- uh, Greece's number one and and all of that. And he's not going to be wanting to sit on the bench. And I think it like yesterday, it was like if Vlacadinos makes his debut at Selhurst Park on Saturday, I don't think we had much complaints because, well, we won't have many complaints because of... Turner's performance I mean there was a couple of times uh, yesterday where I'm not like, thinking you're not doing yourself any favours here and mm. uh, there was a, um, and then Cooper had a rant after his kicking and, and all of that so there was a big rant going, going on and, and everything and I think uh, Cooper got to a point where he's like he's going to cost us own but thankfully he didn't yeah
2: so um, one thing that we have to say as soon as the uh, sending off happened um Steve Cooper decided he was going to go for it no matter what. Uh, we had a tough blow coming on for Hudson-Odoi, obviously to replace near car tape, but then he replaced Alanga with Morgan Gibbs-White um, and he made quite a difference, didn't he?
1: He did. Um, with um, Morgan Gibbs-White, is always looking to get on the front foot and, and obviously he's got that quality of um, his delivery and uh, looking for that... Um, Final pass and the final third and and all of them. and um, yeah it did make a, a huge difference uh, yesterday so uh, yeah I just think he um, just need a bit of a rest and mm. uh, and everything and and I think well, uh, the, the, over the, the next few games came,
2: he's, he looked tired whereas yeah having had half sat out a half half a match yeah. he had lots yeah. of energy.
1: And the good thing about it is, I mean, Steve Sutton got it incorrect yesterday um, in post-match when he says, oh, he'd be off with the um, under-21s. Well, he won't be because he's, um, he's too old now. His last games were the um, under-21s tournament. So, um, unless, which I don't seem, don't think will be very likely, is that Southgate will not be calling him up to the England squad. So he's going to get like what, two weeks off kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I know his uh, partner's expecting, so I don't know when the baby is, um, <laughs> expe- um, is um, going to be uh, born and all of that. But yeah, he's just going to have a like, much needed uh, rest for the next, uh, after the, um, I think it's the Luton game, isn't it? Or is it yeah. the Palace game? I can't remember which one now. But yeah, um, so yeah, he's just going to be uh, fine for the uh, with this rest.
2: And um, I mean, so that, that last 20 minutes as well, um, obviously after last season where towards the end of the season, Steve Cooper was getting a bit of criticism from some of the fans for being a bit negative in the way we set out. I mean, you can't accuse him of that yesterday with um, Origi and Wood coming on, even when we were down to 10 men.
1: No, no, you can't. and I think it was... Uh... I think he knew that there was something in there um, still for us, even though we're a man down and everything. And, yeah, it's really positive um, substitutions he made in terms of, like, making sure we don't lose the game, which uh, duly happened. But, uh, yeah, going back, I I just think with the uh, Awani, I don't know if it's the fact that Gibbs White didn't start and he didn't have many opportunities in front of goal. But, yeah, looking at Alanga and um, hudson Adoy and Awani, I, I just expected... Be a bit more attacking, um, and make their goalkeeper work than he actually did because he, like I said, he didn't have a safe to make, did he?
2: No, as I said, uh, Hudson Doy kept on being forced inside, um, and then just ran into ran into bodies. Um, and Langer was, it's not that he wasn't there, but he didn't get on the ball very much, and and he didn't yeah. really cause their left back problems, even though he was on the booking.
1: Yeah, there was one occasion in the first half where he's um, he's coming from the right and he's up up against Flecken. And I mean, he should have shot across goal, and he he hasn't. It's a bit of a poor effort, really, because he's like hit the side net and on Flecken's near post. And you always get told from an early age always shoot across um, the keeper because you never know you might miss. Somebody might uh, get a touch on it, or somebody might be there for the tap in if the keeper saves and everything. But yeah, it, it's, it was a bit of a poor effort. But um, yeah, I think Kalangid didn't really suit him yesterday for whatever reason.
2: Yeah. So um, I just want to say a quick word about uh, Thomas. Frank. I was thinking about him before the game, and I've not checked. I've, I've read one stat, which is that um, Steve Cooper has played against Thomas Frank's sides. Ten times now, including yesterday, and he's only won once, um, and that's including with Swansea. Um, now, Thomas Frank, I hate his post-match interviews. <laughs> I really don't like him. But I suddenly had this realisation that Thomas Frank is now the new Neil Warnock. <laughs> he's one of those play, uh, one of those managers that I wouldn't mind if he was on my side, but I absolutely hate being against him.
1: Yeah, he's. Um, I'm not his biggest fan, but having said that, he, his antics on the touchline yesterday weren't as bad as the no. have been in previous um, seasons. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a bit of a mild Thomas Frank, what we got um, yesterday. And he did have a, because um, I mean, him and Cooper have had the differences over the years, haven't they? And they had a bit um, like a, a conversation um, at the end of the game and everything. So, but um, yeah, Brentford, I'm not, the, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but. not a lot happened in the game in terms of like I'm enraged with them or or anything like that I think yeah I I wanted us to get on the front foot it would have been nice to score the first goal it didn't happen with everything what happened with Nierkate and then to get to 1-1 I think it was a fair result to be honest and really no qualms on um, any of the incidents in terms of the sending off so yeah I think Against Brentford because last last year I went to their um, G-Tech Community mm. Stadium and I wasn't really impressed with any of it, including their fans. And but yeah, yesterday it wasn't too bad to be honest. From like uh, they the, yeah, hate Omi with Brentford, it was uh, yeah, it didn't um, go off the scale yesterday, which wasn't too bad. So,
2: uh, so speaking of their fans, uh, we've got the the view from the opposition from uh, Billy the Bee, and that's coming up now.
0: It's Billy to be here from the Besotted podcast. I'm still here in the Navigation Inn. Today, to be honest with you, before the match, we came down here and we said on our podcast, we'd be happy with a draw. I went on to the red side of the Trend podcast and I said the score is going to be 5 all. As I said, I, was going to, I thought it was going to be an absolutely mental game. I said 5 all. What we'd be happy coming over the draw because seeing how we played against Everton, we were terrible terrible against Everton we really were bad but we just thought look in the Premier League that sometimes happens you see some teams lose 8-0 one game and then the next game they win these games so you're bound to have a bad game we had a bad game against Everton which is terrible but when we played Arsenal we were actually really good especially in the second half Arsenal got away with them right literally balls off the line players throwing their bodies behind the ball you know what I'm saying they got a goal which we fluffed it we completely fluffed it and they gave the ball to them but other than that Arsenal fans and they were with me as well after the game on our podcast that said we got away with one there Brentford played really well so we came into this game thinking it ain't gonna be so bad but saying that Happy with the point, as we say. I'm actually happy with the result. I'm happy with the one-all okay. draw. All right. I'm happy coming away from here. Yeah. Beforehand, every single Brentford fan said that they would be happy getting a draw coming away from Forrest, for especially a <laughs> especially, especially after last, last week year. against Everton, <laughs> like saying, which is all good. So I wish Forrest all well for the rest of the season, except for when they play us next time. And then, like, like I said, the way that we are... To be quite honest with you, I can't see either of our teams being in relegation trouble this season because I think we've wisened up to this season. So like I said to you, enjoy yourselves, have yourselves a good rest of the weekend and the rest of the week, Forest fans, all good. The
2: 1865 Match
0: Report. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: For the 23-24 season, 1865 sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised forest fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. They've recently launched the Green King Sport Instagram page. It will be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know about all this. You'll also be helping out 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. So, thank you, Billy. Um, Right, so in the near future, we have Crystal Palace away, Luton at home, then Liverpool away, and then I think it's the international break. Uh, No, that's not right. Crystal Palace away, then the international break, then Luton, Liverpool, and then Villa uh, when we move into November. Um, How do you feel about those games? Because I think we're, we're on eight points is it Uh, now after seven games which um, compared to last season is obviously a very good haul but as you say there's there's been a couple of games now where we would have probably wanted to have got three points not one
1: yeah and Palace a bit of a strange side aren't they it's Mm. like the loss in the cup against Man U and I would have thought that Man U would have beaten them on Saturday and they didn't they won 1-0 and I think the. We're pretty solid, uh, Palace, by all accounts. So, um, I, I've been looking to get something from the game at the very least. I know we got a 1-1 there last year, but it was at the end of the season and Palace weren't playing for anything and we were like safe from the week before against Arsenal. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'd like us to uh, be on the front foot again against them and make it count rather than like letting them have a foothold into the game if we don't get that first goal so yeah I, I, I like the same start but make sure uh, we punish them. and uh, then Luton I mean it's it's a bit of a tricky one because I, I don't think anybody would have given much hope against Everton because Everton beat Brentford and being at Goodison and everything and lost the game 2-1 then I think Liverpool it's it's, it's up there with Man City isn't sitting teams like that where if you get something it's an absolute bonus but I wouldn't put too much emphasis on getting anything. So, yeah.
2: And I think but, um, when we played them last, I mean, the, the away game at Anfield last season, in many ways, was a turning point for us, getting, yeah. even though we lost. But yep. I don't think they're in quite as much disarray this season as they were then.
1: Yeah, yeah they look pretty solid, don't they? And so, But we haven't mentioned anything yet about Nico Dominguez's Oh yeah. Uh, goal. So <laughs> that's um, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but um I think live I think that's one of the best if not the best header I've seen live. Um it was just brilliant. I, I thought when it happened when the cross came co- uh, in from tofflow I thought oh, it's just going to loop over and hit the roof of the the net but on the other side if you know what I mean but looking back it's an absolute brilliant header where he's like actually like uses neck muscles and Got like that direction on the ball to get it over Fleck and it's an outstanding header. And for some of our older listeners, I think it's up there with um, the goal what Roy Keane scored in '92 in the <laughs> Cup semi final against Spurs, where he's absolutely bullied to do it past Oak uh, Force Fed. So, um, yeah, it's an absolute brilliant
0: header. I
2: thought at the time when I was watching it, I thought he's got a little bit lucky there, it's just sort of floated in at the near at the, at the far post. <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those where watching, it, comes. It, back. watching yeah. it back, you can see he meant it.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where it's like you might sometimes might miss your head and like hit it to the top of your shoulder, and you're yeah. obviously wrong for it's the goalkeeper. But like you says, he's definitely meant that and it's it's an absolute brilliant, brilliant header. And um go talk about Nico Dominguez is that he's everything we thought Froela would be. Yeah, and it's a bit of like a sliding doors moment where froela has gone the other way and no disrespect to Froiler. I mean, he's still an outstanding player. I just think last year didn't really suit him with the pragmatic mm. approach we took. But now we've got like, better players in, and I think he's been the fall guy for that and how the midfield plays now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dominguez is a massive upgrade on Fruyla, Um yeah. and he was brilliant yesterday. And I just like fearing the worst because um, he had a really good game. Then he went down, and I think hopefully it's just cramped. Um, because he, he didn't he come onto the pitch at full time, didn't he? And there was no ice pack or anything on there, so I think it was just like he's and think, just fatigued more than anything.
2: I think the fact that so, first of all, yeah, I'd say Dominguez was definitely my player of the match, he was everywhere. There, yeah, there was one point where he was like making chances up in the their box, and then he was back five seconds later defending in hours, which was absolutely brilliant to see. But, um, yeah, I think was the Part of with when, when he came off, I was a bit worried, obviously, because we just had taken Sangare off, and, yeah. and he was coming off. But I think part of it it was maybe it was a planned change. It just happened a little bit earlier than was planned because yeah. with Origi and Wood coming on instead, it's yeah. not like a light yeah. for light replacement.
1: Yeah, and I think Morgan Gibbs White just like dropped into the midfield. He wasn't as advanced as he probably normally is because just that light legs in midfield and somebody who can look after the ball. So, yeah, I was fearing the worst when um, for the midfield because I thought, oh, how would I get over them with? Because, naturally, with a man down front, we we're going to have majority of the possession. But Chiate come on and I think we contained them pretty well. There's a couple of hairy moments where I thought they were going to nick it at the end. And, thankfully, we held out. And, um, I mean, there was a couple of brilliant blocks by Bolle, and uh, He was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, And, and Sangari, I mean, he, he was good yesterday, but I don't think he... I don't think he, he should have got man of the match. Um, so, uh, yeah, all day long, Nico Dominguez was man of the match. Um, yesterday, and yesterday, he deserved the goal with the performance he put in. So, uh, all I'm saying is that the, the prawn sandwiches uh, must have been quite good in the uh, hospitality lounges. <laughs> so if, um, if like the most sponsor sangari, because like I said, he, he was good, but he wasn't as good as Nico Dominguez. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think the crunch sandwiches were, tasted quite good and we probably stayed at the bar rather than actually watching the match and taking in Nico
2: Dominguez's performance. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave it with that. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much, uh, Tom. Thank you very much to Billy the Bee. And uh, we'll be back after the Palace game. Thank you very much for listening.